Welcome to Curious Psalms, a podcast where we practice reading and praying this wonderful prayer book of God's people. I'm your host, Matt, and today I'm glad to have Amy Lingle back to discuss Psalm 46 with me. I loved this conversation. We talk about the ways that this psalm feels so relevant in our world, in the chaos of our world today. We talked about the significance and how meaningful it is that God is present with us. And then for our third question, really stay tuned because Amy shares really personally and it was a gift to me and I'm sure her vulnerability will be a gift to you too. So thanks Amy for joining me and thanks for listening. To get us started, here's Amy reading Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war seize to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Amy, welcome back to Curious Psalms. Thank you, Matt. Thank for thank you for asking me. Yeah, well, you've just been knocking on my door every day saying, <laughs> when can I get back? When can I be back on the podcast? Yeah. Psalm 46 <laughs> is a good one, though. It's a favorite. It at is. Least, at least of me, maybe of some other people. Do you want to just dive right in? Sure. All right, sure. let's start with our first question. Okay. Amy, what stood out to you in reading this psalm? So first I'd like to start off by saying I don't think it's a coincidence that you asked me to do this for a couple reasons. One, I've made it known that reading the Bible and learning more about the Bible and and reading the Psalms is new to me. Sure. And so part of that for me is I associate this psalm with what's going on in current day. Yeah. And it feels like the world is crumbling in the psalm, and it feels like the world is crumbling now. Mm. And for someone that's kind of new to this, and and I don't want—I don't want to say new to my faith. I feel like I've always had faith, but new to uh, really, really believing, really sure. believing. It has gotten me through this mm. time, but I still have questions. <laughs> I mean, I have questions every day when something happens. And, you know, reading this psalm really kind of gives me some peace a little bit just to know that that God has a plan. God is there. Mm. And, you know, he's greater than everything that's happening right now. Mm. But but it does take me back to having so many questions. Sure. So that that, it brought up some emotions for me. Um, Just. I mean, you know, you can't even turn on the news nowadays or even talking with friends or, you know, I don't know. It's it's a rough time. And I associate this psalm. Well, thanks for sharing that. I think there's yeah, maybe we'll talk about this more. But there's yeah. a, there is a lot in this psalm. The world is almost literally being unmade. Mm-hmm. 
here. And there's so much of that that I think rings true. In the last couple of years, it's just felt like kind of one thing after another, hasn't it? Yeah, We What you were saying made me think of for our staff meeting, we're recording this before a staff meeting, Kevin's having us read this column by Tish Harrison Warren. Mm -hmm. And one of the points that she makes is how do you deal with ongoing uncertainty, moving goalposts, the fatigue that comes with essentially what you're saying, a world that's coming undone. Yeah. And part of our answer is that we can grapple with it because we know the end of the story. Right. And this psalm, I think, is also giving us kind of a glimpse of the end of the story. And that's that's the thing that really stood out to me. You know, I've, I went to like a Christian college, been in the church for a long time. I've heard verse 10, be still and know that I am God in all kinds of contexts, in all kinds of ways. And the vast majority of those times, I have felt like it's been shared as a kind of invitation to quiet stillness. Mm -hmm. But then what stood out to me as I read this psalm was that's not really what's going on here, (laughs) (laughs) which with the framing that you provided of sort of the world coming undone is very clear. It's not just like, oh, and now like sit by your quiet stream and sip your coffee. Like that's not quite what's in view. It's not that it excludes that entirely, but what precedes that is that God is the one who makes wars cease, but how does he do it? Not by telling everyone, let's sit around a negotiation table. He does it by breaking the bow and shattering the spear, by burning the shields with fire. Right. And then he says, be still and know that I am God. It's much more sort of a jaw drop moment where you stop because you're just so like kind of shocked and surprised and in awe of what's happening. Right. And again, that's not to exclude, like, I think God also invites us. I mean, Psalm 23 is a beautiful image of what it means to be secure with God such that our souls are refreshed and we walk beside the quiet stream. So it's not to say that's not part of our life, but the the tone of these words, I felt like were very different than the ways that I sometimes saw them, you know, plastered on the side of a classroom or something right, like that. Right. So in, in, you know, doing some reading before meeting with you today, and back to your back to your comment about about you know war and that kind of thing mm. in part of what i was reading you know it's it's look across the fields look across the fields at your enemies you know the he wants us to find peace there yeah. and it's so hard it's so hard to imagine that yeah but could you imagine if that happened yeah right the invitation I mean, yeah yeah, it's a rich vision of what life with God looks like, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Let's, speaking of God, let's talk more about him okay. as we ask our second question. <laughs> what do we learn about God from this psalm? That's a professional podcast segue right there. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I go back to pretty much my my answer every time you've invited me in here. And it's that, it's that he is present. Mm. If you believe, you will be able to see signs hmm. and there's a plan. Sometimes you don't know that plan. He he also doesn't make everything just pretty. Yeah. You know, he doesn't make everything, you know, beautiful streams and and relaxing days. Yeah, you know, right. it's it's there's challenges. Yes. And he wants you to face those challenges. And and a lot of us fail a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. But when we are able to see and and make it out the other end, we can look back and realize we're better for that. Mm. And, you know, I just, I, I feel like, I feel like he is present. I It goes back to my questions like, okay, 
why? I mean, yeah. there's so much going on right now that I just don't get. But as a believer and someone that really every day and working at a church helps, but <laughs> because I'm 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 present with it every day, but it just it really helps to 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 read psalms like this and to know that the world has been this way for a long time. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I love what you said that, yeah, this is this is not new. That doesn't mean we understand it or can fully explain it, but it's also not a new experience. And it's why I think you're right. This psalm resonates so much. I mean, I'm struck by the fact that the psalmist begins by saying God is our refuge. Right. He doesn't say that God is the one who stops the mountains falling into the sea. Right. God is the one who prevents, you know, the earth from crumbling. But God is our refuge in the midst of that. So I think like you're saying... There is this reliance on God, but also not an assumption that he's just going to fix everything and sort of make everything smooth for us. I was also really captured by this idea that God is with us. The Lord Almighty is with us, verse 7 says. Mm -hmm. I think that goes also to what you're saying of his presence. But I think sometimes it can be tempting to take that for granted. Like it it feels once, once you've kind of been walking with faith and especially maybe within the church for a season of time, like those things can just become kind of trite sayings, but it's a really significant thing to say that God is with us, that he's not, you know, sort of hanging out on some distant planet, sort of hurling lightning bolts occasionally to like kind of make a particular thing happen, but that he's actually with his people as imaged here. And for the psalmist, that is really the source of comfort, isn't it? It's, it's the intimacy that we're invited into with right. God, not just that there's a powerful God, but that that powerful God is the one who's with us. I mean, that gets repeated in the Psalm twice, right? Once in verse seven and once in verse 11. But the whole Psalm, I think, is really impacted uh, yeah. by it. There's been a lot of, in my personal life, there's been a lot of death that has happened over the last few weeks. Yeah. And one happens to be a very close friend's father. Mm-hmm. And this is a friend that, you know, she believe she has faith, she is a follower of God. And she, I met her for coffee the other day. And she said to me, I, it's so sad to me that if, if I weren't, if I, if I wasn't a believer and I didn't follow, you know, life following God, what this process would be like. Mm. And I asked her to elaborate on that. And she said that there have been signs that she can look back. In the moment, she wasn't seeing them. Sure. But she looks back and, I mean, it's beautiful. Just Mm. the things that have happened. And they weren't all great. Sure. Conversations that have been had. I mean, all of that. But she was able to draw strength having that faith. Yeah. And then, I mean, of course, that moved on. The topic moved on to, you know, other things that are going on right now. But I don't know. I just I there's some peace in it, even as horrible as as this could be. And bringing back to the field of battle, it says the idea may be that God's people are invited to look over the field of battle after God has completely routed his enemies and their instruments of war scattered, broken and burning. Since God's people have reason to be glad and distressed because of God's presence, how much greater will their joy when the causes of distress are no more? Mm. You know, and it's it hold that holds true with anything in our lives. Yeah. It really can. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things about the Psalms, I think of them sometimes as sort of spectacles that we put on 
or glasses that help us look at our life. I think what your friend is talking about of looking back and seeing kind of moments of faithfulness and God, like Mm -hmm. the ways that kind of these moments have been meaningful and shaped who she is and shaped her relationships. Yeah. That's so much, I think, often what the Psalms are doing, right? They look back at uh, what God has done for his people, and they then invite us to do that, our own reflection upon what that looks like. And Psalm 46, I think, is the same same thing. It invites us into that practice, again, of not ignoring the chaos around us, but naming it, acknowledging it, and looking to one who is both within it and above it, <laughs> and more right. powerful than it at the same time. So... And that's one of the reasons I love kind of coming back to the Psalms, because like you said, you begin to see the echoes kind of in your life, right? Right. You know, I mean, it's pastor, you probably think of this far more than than me. But it's actually very unlikely to be true. <laughs> I mean, the psalmists, you know, they write they, they wrote Psalms hoping that someone was going to read them. Mm. Yeah. But they probably had no idea the impact of, I mean, there's 150 of them. Yeah, right. That just one could have on someone's life. Yeah. I mean, it could just change someone's direction and someone's path, hope, hopefully for the the greater. But, yeah. you know, it just, it, yeah, it, they're beautiful. And it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's good. It is something to marvel at, right? The ways, I mean, what we see in scripture is this kind of mysterious and wonderful intersection of human authors Mm -hmm. and God's work as well. And the ways that that has given us this gift of what we call his word and is truly his word, but also was penned by a truly human person who experienced and knew the world as we do. Right. Is really a remarkable thing. Let's go to our third question, Amy. Uh, We've talked a lot about how this psalm kind of intersects and feels so resonant. So maybe this is an easy question or maybe it's a hard one. How does this psalm help us to pray? So I was going to answer that question was how does that psalm help me to pray? Yeah, sure. And when I, I had this revelation today and when I was reading the psalm, over and over again to really kind of figure out what it means to me. Yeah. I realized, and this is, you brought up our staff meeting this afternoon. And one Mm -hmm. of the questions is, you know, what, like, what are we doing now to pray? Like how, what, what direction or are we going to start something new? And my husband, as you may or may not know, read the Bible, did the Bible and 365 days. Oh, yeah, sure. And he asked me if I want to do that with him. And I, I had a very quick no. <laughs> a very quick no. And that was over a year ago. And I thought, I just got too much going on. There's sure. no way yeah. I will be able to, you know. And something today triggered me. And I will say this on a podcast. Oh, wow. So hopefully it's um, putting it out there. And hopefully I will follow it. But I, I think it's time. I think mm. it's time that I learn more about the Bible. I think it's time that I, you know, read it or listen to it more in my case, as far as on a podcast. And because this, some of this is so foreign to me. Mm. And I think that it will just make more sense if I understand the Bible more. Sure. Which then will lead me into even bettering how I pray. Yeah. 
I mean, I have, my prayers have gotten much better <laughs> over the years, you know, right? So it's, I, I feel like, you know, every day we pray for people that are hurting, people yeah. that are sick, people out there in the universe. We then see what's happening in the world. You know, I pray for, you know, Haiti. I pray for, you know, you specifics. Yeah. But for me now, it's praying that people have doubt. May they may they find some light. May they find some clarity. Mm. You know, it's for me, praying has gotten, there's so many layers to it. And I've yeah. gotten deeper, deeper, deeper. Mm which I think is is a good thing. Yeah. And um yeah, I'll let you know how that happens in a year from now. See see if I was able to do it. I but I, I hope I hope that I do. And tease out for me a little bit more like what like you're reading the psalm. Mhm. Like and you're like I want to read the Bible more. Yeah. What was it that kind of triggered that for you? I can tell you exactly. For me it was verse 7. Yeah. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And I will admit this on a podcast to me. I'm, I said to myself, who's Jacob? Yeah, sure. And then Jacob is also called... Israel. Israel. Yeah. And Jacob is a son of one of the 12... Jacob is the son of Isaac. Of Isaac. And Isaac was... The son of Abraham. Abraham. And Abraham was one of the 12 people that founded... Jacob's sons. Jacob's sons. Uh, Jacob has 12 sons. Okay. Who are the tribes of Israel. Okay. Yeah. See? <laughs> That's exactly why I need to read the Bible. And I, I have tried. I have made attempts. But I do believe that there is audio... Yeah. books for a reason. I think audiobooks were really designed for someone like of me. Of course, yeah. And so you've had me on podcasts before and there's always something I'm like, oh, well, who's that? Well, mm. where did they fall in? Is that before Jesus? Is that, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Kind of the big picture. And it's super confusing to me and to not know the story yeah. and the order of how it goes. Yeah. So let me just say two things. One, just to say, I so appreciate your honesty <laughs> and your transparency here, Amy. There's probably people who are look, listening to this, I think, who would have the exact same questions. And like, if I'm being honest and transparent, I'm regularly reading things in the Bible and I'm like, I have no idea who that is either. And you then you have to Google it or <laughs> look yeah. up in a commentary. So, so that's a universal experience, I think, for all of us, except for like, you know, the ultimate PhDs somewhere, which we're, we're grateful for their work. So, so that's one thing I want to say. The other thing is, I just love that your response to reading the psalm is to be drawn into the Bible. Because I think, you know, to the question, how does the psalm help us to pray? One of the beautiful things about prayer is it's not just about sending words up to God, so to speak. Mm -hmm. It is really an invitation into dialogue with him. And so to feel drawn into scripture and to wanting to hear more and learn more, to me, I think, is just a way of saying, uh, I want to enter the dialogue more fully. I want uh, to hear more from him. And so to have Psalm 46 sort of whet your appetite like that, I think is really a beautiful kind of image of a one way that the Psalms can invite us into prayer. So sure. thanks for sharing that. That's an, that's an encouragement to me as well to spend some more time reading well, and hearing and from God. Like we started off saying, I, I don't think that it was a coincidence that you asked me to read this Psalm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and study it. And I don't know. I, I I believe there's a 
a clearer path for me yeah. when it comes to my faith and learning that I can see now that I actually didn't even see yesterday. No, that's beautiful. Yeah. It feels good. It feels right. So, Well, I think that's the note to end on. It doesn't matter what I think <laughs> for this question because that was such a beautiful and wonderful response. Someday, if I do another round of this, I'll reveal my, my, my reflections on how the psalm helps us to pray. But to be drawn into dialogue with God, it's hard to imagine a better response. Amy, thanks. Thanks for this conversation. Thank you. You're a natural. Oh. We'll have you hosting a podcast soon. Mm, well, From the see. front, we'll call it from the front desk. <laughs> Grand Springs Podcast with Amy Lingle. <laughs> Be good. Well, uh, let's conclude with, the, with verse 9 and 10 from this psalm that is at the heart of, of the awe that the psalm invites us into and the power that God has. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shield with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Go out and pray the Psalms.